0: Welcome to the CP Media Platform, brought to you by Team CP, your uh, endurance coaching specialist. I am Angus Petrie, and along with me, as always, to my right uh, is our team captain, Richard Greer. Welcome back, Rich.
1: Yeah, good stuff, Angus. I've upgraded this week. Uh, We're out of lockdown. I've um, paid the big dollars in Kiwi, and and, uh, hopefully um, I'll hang in there and be able to get through the show in one piece.
0: got got some quality uh internet that's
1: bloody good to hear mate good to hear how has your week been uh no really good uh things are ticking along back into i don't have to pretend to be a school teacher anymore so that's good value can uh, get a bit of work done and even went for a run sort of just before lunch the other day so that was a bit of a win
0: so you have to uh fair call to say that those school teachers actually do earn their hard-earned dollar
1: yeah. yeah, no, they do very well, very, very well. Uh, i was just pretending to think that I knew what I was doing, but, yeah, just uh, trying to make it up as we go along. They do, they do a great job, absolutely.
0: Excellent, excellent. And, I, and it's been a, a, another week of fine sunny days. Great for adventuring, great for getting out there and about.
1: Yeah, and it's cool just to just to share and catch up and share images and all that sort of stuff. Different adventures that people are up to. So yeah, we've got a wee uh, adventure plan this weekend. We're going to plan. Um, so uh, yeah, to hopefully make the most of some of that weather.
0: Excellent. Well, it is Wednesday night. We are live, so uh, we have a show to run here. And Rich, uh, tell me
1: about tonight. Yeah, tonight. Pretty excited about tonight. Actually, tonight's all about empowering others and and uh, giving getting some ideas from a few different people about how do we start our own journey or restart our, our fitness health journey effectively. So uh, through a few feelers out there and um, really excited to have Gemma McCaw uh, on the show tonight. Um the reason for that, Gemma is obviously a top level sports person, uh, but it hasn't always been that way. So she's been a top level sports person, then she went away and have had baby Charlotte. Charlotte is 18 months old now, and within that time after having her, she's gone back uh, like re-Olympics, had Charlotte in December 2018, and then uh, from there, so slowly build herself back um, and into... Oh, what was that, 2019, end of 2019 she got back into top-level hockey and this year she represented New Zealand for a 250th test match. I got to know Gemma as she built up to the Red Bull Defiance multi-sport race in Wanaka, so um, have a good sort of understanding about sort of uh, her training and things like that Was as it was for multi-sport, but obviously ho- her hockey is a completely different level and completely different uh, killer fish and the level yeah, so, that she's working at as well.
0: Yeah, so Gemma is... Uh... Well, I think Wikipedia tells me, I won't pretend that uh, that uh, I'm on the ball of hockey knowledge, but Wikipedia tells me that uh, Gemma is the fifth highest New Zealand woman's goal scorer of all time. Also, the fifth highest, uh, most capped uh, player of all time too. So, has a real pedigree. Um, I've just found out that she's got, uh, there's another famous half to her relationship. I don't
1: know, didn't know much about that, but... Uh, well, maybe you know. you'll be able to fill us in about that one later <laughs> on.
0: But uh, I suppose, Rich, without further ado, shall we welcome Gemma to our, to our studio?
1: Perfect. Sounds good. Welcome, Gemma. Come in,
0: Gemma. Hi,
2: guys. Yep, I'm here. Thanks for having me.
1: Good stuff. How, how are you getting on? How's your lockdown been? And how, how's your um, enjoying, managing to enjoy some of these sunny days?
2: Yeah, it's been actually really good. I've spent probably the last six or eight months on the road um, as I got back into hockey. So for us actually to be in one spot for the last six weeks has actually been really good. Um, lucky enough to have my mum in our bubble. So um, where I saw you, Rich, is up the top of um, Huntsbury Track there the other day. So yeah, right. we've got out for a couple of mountain bikes, which is nice. Um, you need babysitters for that um, to go together. And, yeah, just done a couple of little missions. So keeping fit, Um but doing stuff more just to enjoy it and get out and about. And we're close by Hagley Park. So we've done a few bike rides with Charlotte as well on the front and um, her little seat there as well. So, yeah, just a real mixture. But like you say, the weather's been amazing, um, which makes it easier and better to get outside.
1: Yes, awesome. Um, so let's just go back a step, shall we? In, in terms of uh, like we met uh, leading up into Red Bull Defiance, I think 2018. You went and uh, you did that. And actually, as a bit of history, you actually passed us and um, gave us a wave and a high five <laughs> on the way down from Roy's Peak, uh, which was good. And you guys having a good time. You you uh, had the UE Boom speakers singing along, having an awesome time as you sail past. It was good.
2: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, firstly, I was, I was pretty grateful to have some um, great coaching. I was stepping into, um, I retired from hockey and I thought I wanted a challenge. So um, I went in and thought Defiance would be a good place to start um, in Monica. Didn't really know what I was getting myself into. So I remember us um, up there, Rich, at Victoria Park, um, just riding off the curb. That was about the extent of my mountain bike um, in session one. So yeah, yeah, I started there and was lucky enough to have a a really great teammate in Reedy um, off Bondi Rescue, for any of those that that watched that. How
1: did Um, you get involved with Reedy, by the way, just a step back?
2: Yeah, so um, in 2013, we did um, a Halberg Disability Foundation Challenge, um, New Zealand versus Australia, and he was in the Aussie team. We actually beat them. Um, I will say that now. Um, so we basically ran, cycled and rode the length of New Zealand all for um, Sir Murray Halberg and the amazing work he does with the the trust and um, managed to raise about 60 grand for you know um, people with disabilities, able to play sport and um, wheelchairs and things like that, which was really neat to do. And um, we travelled, um, we went over the ferry, um, over the Cook Strait, and then we went in camper vans um, and everyone kind of did a leg. So um, we were cycling and we were rowing on the Ergs um, and then running and we finished up in Dunedin. So that's oh. kind of how we met and we stayed in touch ever since 2013 and, and when this opportunity came up, um, he said, let's do it. So, yeah, that was kind of how it all began.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Good stuff. Um, so in terms of from from there, uh, how did you go, um, like having baby Charlotte and then sort of getting back on, on the hockey field again, how did you, what was the sort of first steps? Was it the idea that I'm just going to go and play some social hockey or actually, well, did you have the goal of like, maybe I want to get back there one day? How did that sort of unravel and um, go for you?
2: Yeah, I guess the first thing is that um, people say that, you know, a baby will change your life um, and it does in the best way possible. So um, I was relative, relatively into my fitness and, and doing things like that. But probably when I had Charlotte, you know, those early days of sleep deprivation and things, I didn't. Think about the Olympics Um, I obviously you know was supporting friends and watching um, people who were kind of training at the time um, for the Olympics but probably didn't think about it It wasn't until a couple of months down the track so um, after I had her I had a few weeks just really taking it easy um, and kind of I guess listening to my body and then um, I just started out by basically you know it's that whole thing of one foot in front of the other so I just started kind of walking um, the walking progressed into jogging and I guess it just gave me that little bit of time out um, and it just made me feel better and better every time I exercise. So I played my first game, basically the club hockey team rang me up, Redos, uh, Reindeer, and they said, um, will you fill in for a game? And Charlotte was four months old and I thought, jeepers, I've only really been jogging with the pram. Um, <laughs> so I kind of said, well, why not? I should be fine. So yeah, I rocked up for my my first kind of session by then I'd obviously been trying to do a little bit more interval based stuff and a little bit of strength um, stuff. And I'd seen a woman's physio and and done all the required things um, Mm -hmm. to get yourself back because it it can be risky, you know, and Mm -hmm. you you do need to listen to your body. Um, So yeah, I went back and I played and I I crossed that line. Um, They call it white line fever. Um, And I ran out there, you know, with a bunch of friends um, on a Saturday and I just, I loved that feeling. It's kind of, you know, that feeling at the start of a, um, a race or something, yep. you know, all the nerves yep. and you don't really know the outcome. You don't know what's going to happen. And it's that excitement. And I went out there and I absolutely loved running around. Um, I wasn't as fit as I had been in the past, but, um, you know, I still just absolutely loved it. And I hopped off after I had to run off and feed Charlotte. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, you know, I was just reflecting and I guess all those endorphins and the connection with teammates and all those great mm. things you feel. I actually thought I really enjoyed this. So, um, okay, and the coach said, you're welcome back next week. Um, and it started there. And basically um, from there, I, I started to think more about National Hockey League, which is with my province because I was born in, in Tauranga, a North Island girl. Um, so I do find it a bit cold down here, um, I must say, no, Um so I started to think about provincial hockey. Um, so again, tried to tailor my training to that. Um, yeah, Rich and I, we were tag teaming with the, with the exercise, you know, because he was working full time um, and, you know, he was a big part in helping me get back. So allowing me kind of that half an hour, an hour of training, had a watt bike in the garage, um, would do laps up and down the street, you know, kind of Tabata based sessions and um, and yeah i picked up the phone to my uh, provincial um not captain coach and he said i'd love to have you back so that was in yeah september so again i just had a timeline and basically um aim to to keep going from there so that was the first thing and i think you know when you have a goal or something to work towards it does make it a little bit easier because then you can work back from there mm. um Sometimes, you know, especially when times get tough, so to speak, and you've got a baby and, you know, maybe you've had a bad night, it is quite hard to get up and train. Um, But, you know, when you know you've got something there at the end, um, you can kind of keep going. And I felt as soon as I had that next big goal, it actually really excited me. Um, and I just had to work towards um, yeah, getting my fitness and, and tailoring my fitness, I guess, and, and working smarter because the rea- reality is your baby um, is the most important thing and some things will come up and you can't do the training that you want. So it's actually accepting that and just focusing on what you can do, um, not what you can't do. So that was probably the timeline um, to September. Um, and I played that and absolutely loved it and then got asked to play in the Aussie League. So A week later, uh, me, Richie and and Charlotte were on a plane to Sydney um, to represent Adelaide over there. So one thing kind of, yeah, led to the next thing. And probably by this stage, I was thinking, hmm, you know, people started, you know, the Tokyo 2020 starts coming around and you kind of go, oh, you know, um, that's kind of tempting. And talking to my family and that, and they said, well, yeah, why don't you... You know, give it a good crack. And um, meanwhile, sorry, at the the provincial tournament, um, the new coach he came in and said, "Can I have a coffee with you?" So, I thought, you know, potentially, um, you know, he he might just want to catch up. But um, yeah. he just said, "Yeah, basically, in that that I'd love for you to um, be part of the squad." You know, what would that look like? And um, yeah, that was that was quite neat talking to him, and he really appreciated. Um, I guess. He, had a, he has a family and how important that side of it is and how working together, you know, you, you kind of need that support team. And, yeah, you I know, went and played in Aussie and then um, basically got named in the squad and had to report for training um, start of November um, in the Tokyo squad. So, yeah, it happened quite quickly. But um, like I say, just those small goals right at the beginning, it was just about, you know, jogging for a minute, walking for a minute with the pram for 15 minutes, Um right through to to being able to do, you know, a 30-minute interval session, you know, at a reasonable clip as well. And I also went to um, Gym Orange Theory, which, you know, combines kind of interval-based training, weights um, and rowing. So it was quite a nice combination um, when I was short of time just to get a really good hit and you work in your heart rate zones. Mm -hmm. So I knew I could um, get to a certain level there. So that really helped um, with my fitness as well and having a, a reasonable gym set up at home.
0: And and just going back there when you're starting to find your legs, I just want to uh, delve into a little bit there of. You know, you had Richie at home there, and like you said, you were both sharing training. But you were, I'm I'm guessing, uh, able to use each other for that motivation because uh, certainly no, there's there's uh, a few of our athletes that are mums that have come back and and uh, even solo dads that are out there trying to do it and or uh, stay at home dads and things that. Uh, we know through the Team CP uh, group sessions and things that are run that it's really important sometimes to have that group of people or that support or that, um, you know, being able to bounce it and and uh, find that self-motivation. You were obviously lucky with Richie there <laughs> to be able to use, even though probably not training together, but be able to use each other for that drive.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, he's a big reason why I'm I'm here do you know what I mean if I didn't have his support and sometimes it annoyed me because he you know um, I always felt better for it but you know he he gave me that extra push Um, and one of the things I think from boarding school he used to say is "feed on the floor you know and that's a really nice (laughs) you know straight way of saying right get up and get moving and you, you know, the only kind of workout that you regret is the one you didn't do, you know, and it often felt yeah. that way. Sometimes it's just about putting your shoes on. But um, by having someone, you know, and we talk about a little bit of hockey, who's on your bus, you know, and they should be, you know, the people who are, who's sitting on your bus supporting you because as we know, um, whether you're playing hockey or training for a coast-to-coast or doing something you've never done, you need people in your corner, you know, that that really want to see you do well um and sometimes I think it's not always about being motivated but it's being about dedicated do you know what I mean so getting up and and having someone but also a step back from that is you know lining everything up which allows you to to get out there and train you know so being organized having a bit of a plan um but like I say that when someone else is next to you willing you on you know who's on the same team as you um it's hugely hugely powerful like you say and even within a team, you know, when you're sending, sharing images or, you know, sending things and what missions you're doing or training, it really, really helps. And like I say, I've got, you know, I was with, I am with someone who is extremely motivated for success and, and he epitomizes hard work and dedication as he's walking past with a bit of chocolate. Um, (laughs) but (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like I say, having that support team and it doesn't just have to be, you know, your partner or, or someone, but even if it's a friend, you know, I think you just need one person that that wants to see you do well. And that's kind of, you know, that's been a big helper for me. And my mum is the same, you know, she's um, helped me ever since I was I was young as well. And my mum and dad as well have been hugely important. But like, like you say, I think having people on your who's on your bus um and mm-hmm. sometimes if, if the right people aren't on your bus you've gotta maybe stop at the bus stop and, and take a look sometimes because I know that it's really hard for, for people when one person is, is trying really hard to train and you're trying to balance, you know, you've got a family or, or other commitments as well. So it's um being really open and talking about that as well. Um about how you're feeling and you know, the the waves that you go through with training because some days you spring out of bed, you know. And you're feeling really good. And other days, you know, you think, how am I going to get through today um, in terms of the training load? But having someone um, support you is hugely important. But like I say, planning and organisation when you've got a baby is probably what would be my number one thing. Because if I knew what I was doing, you know, some things may come up. But um, especially in the morning, if Rich had to to have her for an hour, you know, while I went and did that, we'd already talked about it. So we had a bit of a plan around it.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, you talk about that bus, and that's a great analogy, isn't it? In terms of uh, you, you choose to allow certain people on your bus that are that are heading in the same direction for you. But you mentioned it just a second ago there, just in terms of actually, you, you, what happens when there's someone on your bus that actually is negative and and going in the wrong direction? Um, do you want to just sort of, and I'm sure that like you've got some great support, but I'm sure there's uh, there's people that maybe question what you're doing that's close to you as well. How do you sort of how do you deal with that to make sure that uh, you've got the people around you that you need to on your bus that is going in the direction that you need to do? And also, I guess part of that is questioning, and you would have dealt with this as well, is am I doing the right thing? And should I actually be doing this right now?
2: Yeah, I think, um, like you say, the first thing is, especially when you've got you know children and that and they are your priority You know, at, at times. And I know with adventure racing and that, which requires a lot of time, it's that. Um, you can be training and, and feeling a little bit selfish or guilty. You know, I know that um, Rich has definitely said that before, but I think you've got to, underst- if you understand who you, you are and, you know, what you're trying to achieve um, and are really clear and transparent about that, um, I think it's important that the right people, so to speak, or the right people on your bus often will support you because they want to see you do well. Um I know that there's still people probably out there, you know, and I've had it in the past that, um, you know, uh, I I went up Roy's Peak the other day and someone commented, you know, where's Charlotte? Um, Obviously with her nana. Um, Won't you ever do some parenting? You know, so you can get some, and I know that's social media, but um, you can get some quite harsh comments from people um, that you don't know. Um, Hopefully the people around you, um, you know, are supporting you. Um, but the way that I've I guess dealt with it is is always talk to my family about it um, and listened um, mm-hmm. to how they, they're feeling and it's got to be a joint decision it's a bit like a god zone or something it's not just one person saying I'm doing this you know it's actually how can we do this together and yeah. um, you actually want to support and help the other person and if someone probably isn't conducive to you know or on the same page as you I mean it's quite a hard thing to talk about, but you know, the more people that you can have on your bus, the better. And um, like I say, I've always been really fortunate, but I know in any kind of culture, whether it's, you know, at work or if you have people which are, you know, not helpful or, you know, not don't help you move you closer to your goals, it's actually trying to step away from them um, and step around people um, that actually will help you achieve your goals. And I think energies are contagious. So, you know, for me, it's who you choose to spend your time with is, is pretty important as well so people should want to see you do well you know um, and support you and if they're not you probably just have to reassess it at where you're at and um like where, where you want to be i guess and um, bridging that gap because yeah when people aren't um so supportive it makes it a lot harder you know to physically and mentally go through um and chase a big goal or a small goal um yeah if you don't have people supporting you so yeah what I would say is just try and think about who wants to see you do well Um, and if it's I guess people from outside your circle commenting um, they might not have the full story you know of what you're um, going through and I think just communicating effectively um, and yeah surrounding yourself with people who, who want you to do well
0: so how do you, how do you deal with obviously social media? You mentioned that before. That <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, for <clears throat> social media stars like the three of us here in this uh, clip, Richard. Um, uh, <laughs> but obviously, there's some great positives that that come out of it, and uh, I guess some of it is uh, required, maybe on your part to produce social media or to be the presence there, but obviously the good comes with it, but but how do you deal with the bad of that? Like you say, you know, people commenting about, are you going to be a mum or are you going to be?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, to be completely honest, it isn't always easy, you know, like no matter if it's in person or online, anyone that um, can say that they don't 100% care what people think, you know, there might be some people out there, but I know for me, you know, in the past, I guess it, it has affected me because, you want to be, you want to do the right thing, you know. You want to live to your values and 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 do the right thing, and sometimes that can be um, misunderstood. You know, people might not see the full picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the one thing that I've tried to do, and you know, as soon as you enter or engage with somebody, um, you know, it's not that helpful. And I think when people are saying negative things, it, it says more about them than it does about you. So. Yeah, my thing has always just been, like you say, social media can be huge for used hugely for a great influence. And if you're going to have an impact or an influence, let it be a positive one. Um, and as long as you're authentic and true to yourself and living to those values um, and putting out things, you know, that are you, um, you can't go too wrong, but know that, you know, not, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And it's probably just accepting that. And I think sometimes if you're trying to, to be someone that you're not, you know, that's when you can trip up. So for me, um, just trying to be true to myself and um, like I say, put out positive things and I enjoy fitness and, you know, food and and my lifestyle and and what we do. And um, I love being able to share elements of that. Um, But it's also, yeah, just understanding who you're choosing to listen to because you might get, you know, 50 positive comments and then the one negative one is the one you remember, you know, and that's like you might coach 50 people and get great reviews and you know one person might not be happy with something and you will always remember that so I think it's about focusing on the good when we focus on the good or um, what people say it definitely helps when we hone in on the negative you know you can get caught in some of those thinking traps and and there's definitely you know I've had a fair um, my fair share of criticism you know just over the last wee while Um, obviously being with New Zealand's uh, Son, no, I shouldn't say that. Um, but yeah, I've, 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 I've got a little bit of, yeah, I know he's probably listening. No, he's not listening in the other room. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've just, I've just learnt you, you know, like I'm saying, it affects everyone. So, you know, my thing would be to, before you go and say something, think about how the other person might, you know, feel. Um, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't kind of say it at all. But, you know, people are entitled to their opinions and I can't get too wrapped up in them. Like I say, focus on the positive and, Um, Your family and friends who are, you know, cheering you on and appreciating what you do, do and try not to get too caught up because I think with our younger people as well, it's a real real worry that, you know, we're focusing on, um, looking at our screen, you know, and getting feeling good, um, from the amount of likes or comments. It it shouldn't be about that. You know, I mean, more human um, interactions the better. um, But getting um, cool photos and that of your journey along the way and inspiring others to get out there. Um, I think is hugely important too.
1: Awesome, Gemma. Just like as you say, uh, go back to those people on your bus and they're the most important people, aren't they? Um, and they'll help and support you when you are battling a little bit and talk it out with them. Just changing tack a little bit, um, like the training that you do, like, hey, I, then I just made it into the New Zealand team. Like you mentioned that it's hard and you train lots and all that sort of stuff. But how do you get through that? One um, training session that you introduced to me was your treadmill 30-30-30 session. Um, yeah. Yeah. 30, 30 on, 30 off for 30 minutes. Um, yeah. Brutal. And uh, so, how do you get through those sessions when you're like, you, like w- what do you do mentally? How do you, um, when you are battling, when you just want to walk now, what do you do? How do you manage that?
2: Yeah, I guess I just focus on, I break it right down to focusing on each step. You know, it was a bit like in defiance when I just want to get to the next little, um, part of the hill you know not focused because it can be a little bit overwhelming if i think gee i've got 30 reps of these um at 20 k's an hour you know you start to think but i'm just focusing on on i guess the next step or or the next few seconds um and just breaking it down because that seems a lot more doable um than thinking well i've got to go like this for 30 seconds it's just getting yourself and it's amazing you know, when you're just focusing on each step and staying, I guess, in the moment and not allowing yourself to go, oh, this is hard, this, you know, you, you'll go there sometimes, but, you know, trying to be present and stay in the moment, you know, and focus on just, you know, your technique or your step um, definitely helps me. There's times when I look at the clock and I count it down, don't get me wrong, <laughs> um, but it's that whole thing, one foot in front of the other, do you know what I mean? Because all together it looks quite big um it's a bit like a defiance or anything like that but just to the next point um or to the next 10 seconds that's probably how i i stay there um are there any mantras that
1: you've got that you sort of say to yourself when you are not wanting to be there anymore have you, is there any sort of words that go around in your head
2: yeah i a coach once said to me how do you want to be remembered and it was just one of those things that i kind of you know i thought wow and it's that whole thing you know do you want to be the person that gave up when it when it got tough you know or do you want to be able to push through and i think the other thing is that the more you do it you know the better you get at it i think um it's around this mental toughness it, it doesn't necessarily get easier but you get better and i mm-hmm. think the more that you can train and, and get to that level and just push yourself a little bit more and i guess i've been lucky because i've seen rich do that in transition from rugby into god's zone. but if you can just get a little bit more out each time, you know, it's your, you know, your mind will take you further than you think. And that's one thing I've been really amazed at. You know, I actually have come back as fit or if not fitter after having Charlotte in a hockey sense, because I think that mentally I can push through a lot more since having, you know, a baby and things like that. So um, for me, it's been really interesting because I never would have thought I'd got to that level, but, uh, you know whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right so um, I guess in short to your question just focusing on you know and, and preparing yourself um, to push a little bit more out each time um, and get yourself and you know it's, it's being comfortable at being uncomfortable if I know it's a little bit cliche but um, the good thing is with an interval like that it's only 30 seconds And when you've done adventure racing you know it's a whole day um, so mm. I actually count myself quite lucky um, in those high intensity efforts because the game of hockey's over in sixty minutes. Um, so, but yeah,'ve so got,
0: got a question here, Gemma, um, <clears throat> from Facebook land. yeah, and I want to just do this in two parts because we were just what we we're just talking about. but the question is, how different is your hockey versus adventure racing training, and was it hard to adjust? So I just want to get you to explain two things there. One, Physical, um, obviously, there's a different muscle group and things to hockey as there is to there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how big a change was it to go from a hockey player, short intensity, hour-long type sort of thing to doing these whole lot of other activities? But also, just like we're talking about, the, the mental mindset, I guess, is it easier... Uh, to push through a hockey game when there's so many different things going on and the ball's moving so fast and you're constantly got lots of things to just keep focusing on against being stuck in a climb that's an hour long, um, you know, trying to knock it off. It must be, you know, quite quite a different training of the mind as well as the body.
2: Yeah, definitely. So I think in the first part of your question yeah, I'd done hockey my whole life, you know, so I had, hadn't done a lot of adventure stuff. So my fitness was geared more to, you know, the high intensity short stuff. So um, as Rich will tell you, it was a bit of a transition when he first started coaching me. Um, you know, physically I felt fit, um, but I probably wasn't fit to, you know, climb for 14 k's up a hill. Um so slowly I just had to, I guess, change the system. You know, we've got an anaerobic system into, you know, aerobic stuff and and just like you say, time on your feet and time on the bike. Um, and it was actually really hard for me, if I'm honest, to change from the hockey stuff um, to the adventure stuff. Um, I found that probably a bigger challenge um, than getting back into hockey this time, if I'm honest. Um Mentally, like you say, with hockey, it's hugely exciting. You're 60 minutes, there's a ball, there's, you know, sometimes a crowd. um, And there's so many things going on. You're always thinking, you're adapting. um, And then I just remember, excuse me, on moments, you know, and some of the things that I've done that you're in this climb, like you say, for an hour and you're just there um, and you can't escape it. You can't stop you can't put your hands on your hips and you know you can't look over no the, out. for a sub yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, and and that's why I think adventure stuff is the hands down best thing for your mental toughness or whatever you want to call it um there's no you can't escape it so like I say you have to be become comfortable or more comfortable at being kind of uncomfortable stuck in a climb and and things like that so for me extremely hard I wasn't um I thought I was reasonably fit but then um as Rich will tell you you throw me up some hills and I'm sucking in the big ones you know and I really had to have a good talk to myself um on some of those moments of actually keeping on going but it's amazing again with some training you know you slowly get better and better um and that's what I think of you know having something like team CP or coaches and stuff that can guide you through it you know Mm -hmm. so if i didn't have that training plan from rich i wouldn't have been able to um you know focus on bit by bit and so that got me a little bit fitter which made it easier but yeah initially going from um i remember doing the spring challenge and we were out there um, we did the nine hour one and i did a hockey tournament the week before and i was walking carrying my bike uphill and i cramped up and i you know both calves and i just couldn't move and i just thought gee, I'm so out of condition. I, I did have 10 days of hockey as well, but the systems are just, you know, so different um, that I was really battling. So, yeah, it was a huge, huge challenge for me to change over. And even the stuff that I do now, it's more for the mental challenge than it is the physical um, because I know that it's not going to be over in an hour. You know, you, and that's why um, I have great respect uh, for anyone, well, that does any sport, but especially, um, you know, this yeah adventure racing
1: yeah brilliant brilliant um just to to wrap things up would you like one piece of advice for others that are taking on their own challenges what would you sort of say to that Gemma
2: yeah I would just say um first thing is embrace it you know it's it's not always easy but it's definitely worth it um I think yeah there will be it's a bit like a wave there'll be kind of your your ups and your downs and you just got to keep pushing through the tough times and I guess the reward and the result for yourself is um, the thing, you know, when you get to the finish line um, is enjoyable, but it's, it's sometimes about the journey. So just, you know, setting yourself up and um, enjoying it as much as you can along the way. And, yeah, like I say, embrace the challenge because most of these things aren't easy, um, but, you know, you everyone would do it if it was easy.
1: Good stuff.
0: So what Thanks. we might do, Rich, is we might uh, we might flick over into uh, uh, Kushler's corner and bring and bring Kushler in for a bit of a chat. But, Gemma, if you've got time, we'd love you to stay with us here and uh, a couple of wee subjects that, that Kushler wants to talk about that would be really great to get a bit of your feedback on that as well, if you're good yep. with that. Okay. And hopefully Kushler uh, is standing by and Methven Live ready for us. Come in. Yes.
3: Hi. Great to hear all your insights, Gemma. Um, Funnily enough, a lot of the points I had to discuss tonight around getting back after having a kid or um, starting out from, say, zero fitness um, have been all things you've mentioned, which is probably why you've been so successful in getting back to where you are tonight. Mm -hmm.
1: Nice work, Kushla. We were going to talk a little bit about uh, sort of taking things back a step, of, as what Jim has already talked about, and some of the, I guess, those foundations. Like as a dietitian, you talk about food, but it's not just about food, is it? It's about sleep and it's about, um, about all diff- different things, routines and bits and pieces, so to make sure that we can do those things. And, and as Jim has talked about, family and and uh, organising our time. What are sort of one or two key things that you would like to sort of Share from your experience of working with others that is super important to allow us to get out the door and help us do these things.
3: Absolutely. I think, yeah, I mean, food and nutrition is such a key part of health, for sure, and you can't look over that. But I guess it comes down to it those similar things that Gemma was talking about, um, and that's having that really good time management and planning out your day. And I mean, not every day is going to go to plan. There'll be things that pop up that you weren't expecting, um, especially when you have a child um but having that support network to say hey what's your day looking like this is what I'm up to and then trying to get out and take advantage of you know 15 minutes 20 minutes or just any time you have to just try and get something in um you're always going to feel better for some form of exercise or training than doing nothing um but you do need that support to help you and to help balance that in in your everyday life yeah um and of course with that sort of Routine um, and organisation, you know, sleep comes down to that, um, and I think sleep deprivation can be a very nasty cycle, um, and it's probably easier said than done when you've got a newborn child. <laughs> um, but once you're sleep deprived, you know, you feel you feel a bit more down, and um, you often, in terms of nutrition, you crave a lot more of the sweet foods, um, and that's basically because your body's just in this what we call, you know, the the fight or flight response the whole time. Um, and your stress hormones are really high and you're just craving sugar, and you're feeling a bit more down. Um, so sleep is really key in terms of getting that good routine, good structure and good good organization as well.
1: How do you want to comment on that, Gemma? There's a bit of nodding going on there. As a,
3: <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, the <laughs> I'm just totally agree. I think the first thing to the first pillar in good nutrition is regulating your sleep. Um, you know, physiologically you know we reach for sugar and and I know myself that on the days I hadn't had a good sleep when I went to get you know my coffee um in the morning I would look at the muffin and it would suddenly jump out at me you know um saying for me to to buy it whereas when I you know had slept a little bit better um like I say you those cravings and you're not in the stress response um as you're saying so For me, actually, I probably should have mentioned that because it's a great point that the reason I could get back um, is because I think I had enough sleep. um, And we got Charlotte into a nice routine, which allowed me, you know, from about six or seven months on to get a full night's sleep. Now, I can tell you when you've had eight hours sleep, you feel like a different person. The nights, you know, the two or three or four wakes a night. Um, I had zero desire to exercise, I have a lot of people say to me, how do you do it with a baby, um, that, that was the key thing, is getting the sleep kind of sorted as much as you can, obviously the first six months, you know, they need feeding through the night and things like that, but once they can start sleeping through the night, um, it's not easy, and I'm not not preaching, because some, you know, unfortunately not everyone has a, um, a baby that might sleep through the night, but that was the key in regulating um, my training and my nutrition, you know, suddenly when I was sleeping better, I made better choices. Um, once you start making better choices, you've got better fuel on board and you can actually train at that level that you require. So I think it's a cycle. You you know, you sleep better, you eat a bit better, you eat better, you know, you want to exercise. When you exercise, you sleep a bit better. Um, so yeah, I was just, you know, what Kushler was saying is 100% true and that the sleep would come before the exercise and the food for me, um, regulate that um, and the hydration obviously. Um, drink more water and you definitely feel better so that was a huge component even though I've just talked about the physical um, mentally by having a bit more sleep and sleeping when the baby sleeps you know I wasn't afraid to to make sure and that was probably the athlete mindset that I had um, because getting myself in, in a, a good headspace and looking after my well-being was just so important um, yeah so just <laughs> 100% agreeing with all those points
1: Yep. um it's not perfect though, is it? Like that's the thing with sleep, and this is that's the thing with life, and that's a, that's part of your journey back again, isn't? It? Like, what do you do? Like, hey, you've got a bit of a plan about what you sort of want to do in regards to training, but then you've been up all night. Um, how did you cope with that?
2: Yeah, there was a, a few times. I remember the four and a half month sleep regression um, that got me good. Um, basically, that whole week that I had, uh, you know, lots of wakes in the night. I just, um, I guess, didn't train you know, like I had prepared to. Um, this was kind of in the earlier days. Um, so I just, you know, it's that whole listen to your body. And I didn't want to stress myself out more by putting, you know, saying you have to do this training. And and that's a bit of the balance that you have to have. Um, if you miss one session, you know, or two sessions in a week, um, is it going to be the difference at the end of the day? For me, I didn't think it would be. I was actually better to take it a little bit easier, you know, because when you are in that stress response, and then you go out and you're trying to run and then you're hyperventilating, um, you know, because you've, you've got nothing left. It, it's, it's really not worth it. So on those days, I would I would walk or do something a lot lighter. Um, but as Kushla was saying, some days it's just 15 or 20 minutes. You know, I would just quickly jump on the bike, even when I didn't feel like it, um, you know, when I was a little bit tired. But I always felt better for doing something. So that was even walking with the pram. You know, I made sure I got out every single day. Um, but it's not perfect, um, but yeah, you do the best with what you're given um, each each day, I guess.
0: And, and Kushla, uh, probably for you, um, you know, we talk about, <clears throat> I'm sure Jim has got this down absolutely, Pat, with a with a young one of things, but time management uh, and planning, uh, pretty important key to allow you to, to be healthy, eat healthy, uh, and get exercise, and you know, we talk about the I guess the average person's going to work for eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, uh, all their home duties, all of those sort of things. So things like meal preps and all those sort of things and doing a lot of trying to juggle all that. How how key is that to making things run sweetly?
3: Well, it's funny you say that because I I think about all the discussions I have with with clients, so much of it comes back to just planning a little bit ahead and being organised, like whether it's your, your grocery shopping or your meals for the week or what you're making for lunches or you know what, what's happening in the week that you have to juggle. It, it all comes down to organisation at the end of the day. Um, and I think it only takes a little bit of effort or time each week to just try and have a, even a rough plan of what's going on and making a bit of a grocery list and thinking ahead to actually make your life so much easier and just make being healthy so much easier. Um, I think people fall into a trap of, you know, skimping on sleep and then um, they wake up and they're tired and they don't have time to make lunch and then they're buying a lunch that's not as healthy and it just turns into this vicious cycle but really it only takes a small amount of time to make your life so much easier and healthier as well. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's really the foundation is planning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> are you are you a are you a list person, Jim? are you a list person?
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Um. We do the same thing. You know, Monday through to, to Sunday, or we might buy enough for you know. So we've got five meals. You know, planned out, and then on the weekend, you know, we might be able to go down and do the the five o'clock shop um but yeah in order to eat well and and for us as well with our training and that refueling you know getting food in so that you can recover for your next session um yeah we we order groceries online while well, we did before lockdown it was a bit of a novelty um doing an outing to the supermarket but yeah we try and plan ahead otherwise a you spend money um you know you go to the supermarket hungry at five o'clock um, and it is harder yeah. to to eat well and then you don't have things for lunches so all those things taking a packed lunch you know being organized um and yeah so i'm a bit of a a list person and i try and do that supermarket shop that's delivered saves time you know it's really easy to sit with your corresponding list and order your things online um and you don't do it when you're starving so you don't get the salt vinegars you know thrown in on the way home and things like that but yeah definitely it all comes down to to planning and 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 prep I guess in order to and you know for a lot of athletes it's about actually fueling and when you skip um, meals or you don't get good quality nutrient dense food in, it's really really hard to back up the session the next day and I've found that you know when I've been busy getting Charlotte sorted and then it's been you know six hours since I've had something and I've come off the back of a really high intensity training you know by that point you know I'm cooking dinner starving and I don't you know what you eat the day before is going to impact the next day's training um you know so you've got to really be thinking ahead uh the night before or the day before so um that's a huge component um yeah as kusha said number one thing is organization and um yeah i've found that that's super important Yeah.
0: I just want to quickly ask your thoughts on them without a, this is not pushing anybody's barrier here or anything, but we talk about time management, eating nutrition and all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of those options out there. I won't name any, but you know, the, have have your dinner delivered to you for three nights or two nights or four nights a week. Thoughts around those kind of options for the busy person?
3: Well, it's all about context, but in general, I think for some people getting, in, um, uh, I guess, ingredients delivered, which you can create a recipe and everything's measured out and done for you, um, can be really practical for some people, and You know, it might make them try different foods or some of, I know, some of the boxes that are delivered that aim to be quite healthy and balanced. So they may be healthier than what they would make if they were rushing around trying to think of a dinner to make um, or relying on takeaways or something. So I think there are benefits to it, but um, I guess they are more expensive than if you were buying the ingredients yourself um and they can also be a bit fiddly and time consuming some of them so there's pros and cons to it and it really depends for the individual what works for them um but i think there's a quite a selection of you know quite nutritious box meal make your own type mm. companies out there so yeah it comes just, down to what works for the individual
0: yeah and i guess that's a little bit derived on what uh as an individual and and your activities that you're doing as to what nutrients you're actually looking for and what quantity of a nutrient you're looking for as well i guess you get a bit limited uh in that respect as well
3: and i guess for someone like Gemma, you know quite a high performance athlete you may want a bit more flexibility around what foods you're consuming what types of meals you're making so maybe that wouldn't be as suited to someone like that um but maybe just for people in an you know, average working week who aren't training that much, it may be more suited to her just trying to eat sort of general healthy meals. Yeah.
1: Good. Brilliant. Rich. Good stuff. Nice work. Um, Gemma, just to finish up, like a, like you talk a lot about, you talked about white line fever and getting back on to the... Mm-hmm. Um, onto the field again and things like that. Would you say like a big part of all of this is actually because you enjoy it, it's fun and I'm just into it, I love it. Would that be sort of one of the things that just underpins everything that you you do in regards to your hockey? Obviously there's some hurt and there's a bit of, uh, there's some ugliness <laughs> amongst it as well and you drag yourself and you put your feet on the floor. But would that be the key thing that underpins the reason why?
2: Yeah, I think um, it's the enjoyment but it's also the enjoyment alongside other people. You know, and, and that's what, as satisfying as you sit around you train hard with your teammates and you know you sit around and you win a game or you know you you do really well and you know you're all there I guess in the arena working hard for each other. Um and like I say I I did love running out there with my my friends. So a big part, you know, we're hardwired for human connection. Um so that's why all these team things, these multi sport, you know, and even the things around events, you know, you've got all these people, you've got your support crew. You know, it's, it's so much fun, like you say, and um, you're doing it with other people. And I think that's what makes it so enjoyable. And, and you know, being a mum and you spend a lot of time at home with your baby, and I think having an opportunity to, to get out and still be able to do what you love, you know, it's it sure is a balancing act, but that's what I missed. I missed the people. Um, and like you say, the enjoyment of running around together and sitting together after a game or having a coffee or, or doing whatever you do. Um, that was what was really fun for me. So that social element is huge. As humans, you know, we kind of crave that. Um, and that's a big part of, of what I enjoyed about getting back out there. And it's like weekend miss- missions with friends, you know, it's it's everything in life's better shared. Um, so that was my motivation to come back, to sit around in a changing room, you know, before a game, get those nerves, um, play a, you know, a hard fought game and, and come in together. So, yeah, I love it. And I love being active. Um, you know most people that are active understand I guess the endorphins and and that feeling Um, you know I'm I really enjoy that and I want everyone to feel that good you know when you're exercising and you're eating well and and doing everything that you can your outlook on life just changes um, for the better and you you notice the good so yeah for me and I'm extremely passionate about the fun of it um, but also just being active no matter what it is if it's adventure stuff or just a short little 20-minute hit, um, I always feel better for it. Um, so it's just so worth it, and it's a lifestyle for me. So, um, you know, it was a having a goal was nice um, for hockey, but I just love getting out in the hills or, or doing a hit workout, whatever it is, because um, I feel good. Um, and that's the great thing about exercise, and, and it goes hand-in-hand hand with eating well, and, you know, you think a bit better and you feel a bit better, and, um, you know, it adds to quality of life. And I think that's, you know, that's important for me and, and my family and that's why we do it as well.
0: One final question from me, Gemma. Uh, I'm always constantly building my defence um, uh, against Kushler here. Do you enjoy oh. a, a beer or wine or a gin or three at the end of a day's training?
2: Uh, probably I used to, um, but not anymore. To be honest, I'd you know, we don't drink a lot. Um, which, Thank you, so uh, <laughs> But I, I, I know I did back in the early days, you know, there was a bit more of a culture around, you know, having a, a drink after a game. And I've had, you know, a few good nights, my teammates will tell you. Um, but like I say, probably these days, you know, with a baby and, you know, in the last few years, um, you know, it, yeah, it, that's me personally. Don't get me wrong. Um, I used to enjoy a drink. Um but we're probably more inclined. It sounds a bit boring, but to you know, enjoy a, a dessert or something after a hard day. Just again, when you're training six days a week, you can't really, uh, you know, drink a lot. Um, not many of the girls do, unless we don't know about it. But you know, a couple of times, a couple of times a year, you might push the boat out. Um, but like, a, yeah, for us personally, we do, we don't drink a lot. Sorry, um, not to. Yeah, just to be really honest. But we do have treats, you know, in terms of food and things like that. And we definitely used to. But, um, you know, for recovery and just how you feel, um, yeah, I can't say we drink a lot. We get called teetotalers by my mum. She probably wishes we we had a glass or two. But we'll enjoy a nice glass of red wine if we're out for dinner. But, um, yeah, I can't say that we do drink a lot. But probably in our early 20s, you know, after a game, that was very much the culture. Um, but it shifted quite a bit now. So um, I'm still in my yeah.
0: 20s. I swear. Yeah. I swear. Gemma, yeah. Gemma, Thank you very, very much for your time tonight. Thank you for sharing uh, a bit of your history, a bit of uh, the last period of your time in your in your comeback and proving that uh, mums can do anything. That's probably <laughs> one of the the great takes of it that uh, a mum can do anything and and a lot more than others. So, thank you uh, from both Richard and I for coming. Kushla,
1: thank you for again tonight. Um, hopefully, no we'll see you back next week. Yep. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks, team. Much appreciated. Um, love your insights. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to catching up again soon. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks, Steve.
2: Cool. Well, well Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah. Fabulous, job, Richard. Well done, Absolutely fabulous. Yeah, no, great. Lo- lo- just. Just great to share, and, and uh, Gemma is awesome, isn't she? Just in terms of the way she she portrays things, the way she speaks, and just her outlook on life.
0: General, general, just brilliant. Yep. So, uh, wow, have we had a had a session tonight, which has been absolutely great. But uh, we we really should uh, wrap up the weekend that was quickly before we go. Uh, a bit of yep. peak bagging.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So with uh, peak bagging competition last weekend, we've got a few prizes and um, a, a few names to read out. So first of all, the most peaks. Uh, I don't think we have a photo of this one actually, but Isabel stop, Stout bagged stop, the most Richard, peaks, I think it was...
0: Richard, Sorry? stop. Let's oh, start. No. Let's start. We wanted 50 peaks in total. How
1: many did we get? Oh, I did a bit of a count up and we claimed 53 and that's without 53. me claiming anything. Did you get any, Angus?
0: Actually, uh, all I got was a backpack full of hats that uh, that each one of them had a peak on it. But um, yeah,
1: couldn't claim it. Yeah, the official uh, counter guy didn't like that. Look at that. So I didn't count. So we managed to get there without that. So that that was pretty cool. Uh, heaps of cool photos of people at the top of hills on beautiful sunny days, and even I think one in the dark there as well was there. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. One in the dark. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Just any. Yeah. So good. good lots of good adventures. So um, going back, Isabel Stout uh, just. Ripped along the Port Hills and uh, bagged about eight peaks, which was very impressive in one hit.
0: I actually, Isabel, I'm really sorry. I uh, was actually on my bike and I was going across the summit road, and I was <clears throat> head down riding past, and then I was about a few hundred metres past when the penny dropped, and I was like, oh, I think that was Isabel. So I'm sorry <laughs> I didn't say hi, but I did see you out there
1: bagging your peaks. Brilliant. Um, should we go to the high? Uh, should we go to the the best photo, best photo competition? best photo competition um look at that how about that christy jones and her dog rocking the ponytail almost a man check out that ponytail. Ponytail.
0: that's great that? i think uh, obviously the dog has not had a lockdown post lockdown haircut yet
1: <laughs> absolutely completing the challenge like we always wanted sort of hey being involved in getting up the hill um aaron bridget and bryce have you got a picture of them there
0: How's that? There they How go. Top
1: we go. There? Thomas there. Yep, top of Mount Thomas um, heading up there. So well done. And Aaron and, and Bridget and Bryce, they've actually just about done all of our uh, weekend challenges as well. So really cool to, to see them sort of uh, tackling a local peak as well, which is pretty awesome.
0: And rocking a couple of good looking hats there too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Emma Carney at um Mount Olivia and uh Mount Cook. Have you got a picture of her there? Oh, let's have a look here. Look at that. Look at that. What about that? So uh hundred meters from the summit, but uh unfortunately didn't bring the appropriate footwear and didn't want to skid off the other side, so had to had to sort of she was trying to see if she could bag or claim the peak um just about there, but couldn't quite make it. But I, I'm the pleased that she got down on one piece. Yeah, absolutely. And the the highest peak. Um, Let's go to the highest peak. How about that? Richard McGill. This is on the top of Mount Philistine, 1,967 vertical metres, which is in the Arthur's Pass uh, National Park. Um, So yeah, big day out. And he was uh, quite uh, interested to see whether he had got to the highest peak. So well done. Some good mountaineering boots and helmet going on too. I did. I did,
0: uh, Richard. I did get sent one more of uh, somebody we might actually know. Actually, I was,
1: oh yes, look at that. Have it that picture. There's
0: uh, our there's our resident dietitian Kushler. Yep, um, Ripping it up. There's like Collard in the background. It's a stunning photo. She uh, did try and uh, submit that for best photo,
1: uh, and
0: close, uh, close Kushler.
1: Yeah, very close. Yeah, and I I do expect that she ran that pace the whole way up the hill as well. Some good form. Some good form. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So this weekend, in terms of our challenge, what we've got is we've got our Everest challenge for May. So basically, get out there, have an adventure, see if you can actually add on to your total for the month of May. How many vertical meters can you click off during May? So basically, that's our focus this weekend. Um, and uh, see what you can do out, out and uh, get close to your goal. So the key thing is Mount Everest, yeah, that's 8,848 vertical metres, but also Mount Kilimanjaro, that's about 5,000 vertical metres. Mont Blanc, which is about four six. Whatever your goal for May is, this weekend is about getting in there and uh, and uh, getting close to knocking it off with only sort of one week of May to go from there. How are you looking? Uh, better than I have been in the past – Kind of average. Uh, um, so I think I'm about three and a half, something like that. Maybe it's, it's yeah. Kiwi's quite flat. I went for a run around the block the other day. It was 11 vertical meters. So yeah, you're nearly top top high. High. <laughs> 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 Exactly. No, Work to do you? How many vertical? I'm uh, actually
0: probably about the same. I'm probably in the fours or something. Actually, been a bit uh, a bit slack this this month. Actually, a few things going on that have that have sort of just tied us up. But that's okay. That's well, right. This There's weekend plenty might of people change that. There, uh, Plenty of people out there grabbing some some really good meters. So, yep, absolutely.
1: That's great. Okay. Will you look after yourself? Have a um, all the best for your weekend. Look forward to the checking in on seeing how many vertical meters you managed to click in this weekend.
0: Yep, absolutely. As always, Richard, it's been an absolute pleasure to everybody out there. Thank you very much. Um, This will be up on YouTube. So find our Team CPNZ YouTube channel. Hit subscribe, hit the bell so you get a notification whenever there's any more uh, uploads. uh, Instagram, Facebook. We are everywhere, Rich. Uh, We're on the trails. We're on the mountains. We're on your screen. Brilliant. Well done, Angus. Well
1: done for holding the show together. And uh, yeah, till next week. Thanks, Captain. See ya. Well done. Thanks.